everybody, and welcome back to Getting to Know You. I am your host, Jen Dawson. I'm Peter's Associate Director of Education, and I am so excited to be kicking off Season 3 with an amazing guest. I have with me today the amazing Dr. Anna Bruckner. Dr. Bruckner is a professor of dermatology at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. She's the section head for pediatric dermatology at Children's Hospital of Colorado and the co-director of the Epidermolysis Villosa Clinic. She's a founding member of PEDRA and has just begun her term as PEDRA's president. Dr. Bruckner has served on several PEDRA committees, including chairing the membership committee, the studies committee, the genetic skin disease focused study group, and she has done immense work in uh, growing the epidermolysis bullosa focused study group subgroup of the genetic skin disease group. So I am so excited. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Bruckner. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got started in pediatric dermatology? All right. Sure thing. Well, thank you so much, Jen. It's really a pleasure to have this time to talk with you. Um, you know, I, I think that like many people who are in pediatric dermatology, um, I actually did not initially intend to become a pediatric dermatologist. Um, you know, when I when I was in medical school, I was very gung-ho on 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 pediatrics and had really, you know, focused on on getting into pediatric residency. Uh, it was just sort of a uh, last minute decision on my part to do a dermatology rotation at the end of my fourth year of medical school. And I was really um, taken, you know, with, I think, quite a few things in, in dermatology. And that really kind of set some, some wheels in motion in terms of thinking about whether or not, you know, um, pediatric dermatology could be a viable, you know, um, career choice for me. Um, you know, I, I did end up going through the full three years of pediatric residency. Luckily, you know, I was able to um, work with a great mentor, Dr. William Weston, uh, during my pediatric training, and was able to stay at University of Colorado to do my dermatology training. Um, and that really, you know, I think solidified that uh, pediatric dermatology was going to be the place for me. And after that, you know, it was just the fellowship and 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 working. And so it's it's been a <laughs> It's been a little bit of a journey. But everybody in pediatric dermatology seems to have had this roundabout pathway and, and has had like this one goal in mind and then been introduced to derm and that experience, however small or big in dermatology has just changed the course of their careers. So you're certainly not alone. And it is so fascinating to me that you're sort of yeah. all kind of in that boat together. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, a common theme of, of pediatric dermatologists is that, you know, they do really think of themselves, I think, as pediatricians mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I think that, you know, what you've described is not necessarily unusual because, you know, exposure to dermatology in medical school is a little bit hit or miss, you know, mm -hmm. and there are many, many, many medical schools where there aren't even pediatric dermatologists on faculty. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in, you're a pediatric dermatologist. You've, you've started your career as an early um, investigator. So how did you come to research? Was research something that was always going to be a part of your path or did that come later? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I would have to say that in all honesty, I was somewhat ambivalent about research, mm -hmm. you know, as a student and as a trainee, um, you know, I 
growing up, you know, in, in high school, you know, was actually very interested in the sciences, but kind of made this very deliberate turn to kind of focus on the liberal arts in, 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 in college. Um, and so I didn't really see myself, you know, going into basic science research, although I found it very, very interesting. Um, you know, and so I, I did have some experiences, though, you know, in terms of getting exposed to some clinical research throughout residency training. Um, but I, in all honesty, I, I didn't necessarily feel prepared to be an investigator after I finished my fellowship and started, you know, working as faculty. Um, you know, generating new knowledge was definitely part of my job description. And so that was certainly a little bit intimidating. Um, and so I tried to kind of do what I could, you know, to kind of gather some skills through workshops and, uh, you know, talking with other people, getting mentors, um, you know, but I really, I think, did come to a critical point um, kind of in my transition from early to being early to kind of mid-career, you know, in that I I really, I think, realized after trying to to do some projects and finding that they were doable, but very challenging, you know, that I that I really could could build up my skill set. And I was fortunate that when I moved from Stanford to the University of Colorado, I had an opportunity to um, participate or to take courses more or less through this Master's of Clinical Sciences program. And so I think that really kind of having the support, you know, through that transition of being able to build those skills just gave me a lot more confidence, you know, in terms of um, being able to move forward with my with my clinical research. And it couldn't have been too much longer after that, then that sort of Pedra started happening, right? Yeah, well, it was actually around the same time, you know, so I, I moved to Colorado in 2011. And okay. um, I think that, yeah, that kind of first, you know, meeting to kind of get Pedra going was in 2012. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think it was kind of a nice dovetailing, you know, mm -hmm. of kind of um, growing interest in research, you know, in pediatric dermatology as a way to advance the field, as well as me, you know, investing in some of my own skills. Yeah, yeah, kind of a reinforcement of of that path that you had started mm -hmm. down now in research. Yeah, exactly. So, talk to me a little bit about your areas of interest when it comes to mm -hmm. research. We we know here at Pedra, epidermal lysis bullosa is a big mm -hmm. one. Can you talk about like what led you to EB? So yes, EB I think has certainly been a passion, you know, throughout uh, the entirety of of my career. You know, I, I first got exposed to it in my dermatology residency, um, uh, just, you know, in terms of seeing some of the patients, I had an opportunity to go and volunteer at Camp Discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, and just so really seeing, you know, the patients and how the condition, you know, impacts so much of their lives was very, very moving to me. And so, um, you know, I, I think that I felt really strongly that, you know, I wanted to be involved with caring for patients with EB on, on some level, you know, whether or not that was um, as, a, as a care provider and seeing how we could improve care. I mean, that was actually kind of, I think, my original sort of intention. But um, I, I, you know, I was very fortunate that um, in my first faculty position at Stanford, you know, that the, the department there had a very long history of um, trying to develop innovative therapies for EB and um, really, you know, was just very lucky to be able to work with Dr. Al Lane and the rest of the investigators there. And so that I think, you know, really just reinforced to me that, you know, even though our clinical care is really important, 
you know, there is just so much unmet need for these patients that we need to be thinking about how we can not just improve that care, but really kind of find better treatments for these patients. Um, you know, and in, and in some ways, you know, um, we really are in a very kind of, you know, interesting and fortuitous time in EB research in that now, you know, there are actually therapies that are being looked at by pharmaceutical companies, you know, I, and I think that actually this this next year is going to be very interesting because there certainly can be, I think, the possibility of, of some treatments being approved by the FDA and, um, you know, seeing how we can deliver those to patients um, and study, you know, the impact on their lives, I think is going to be really, really, really um, exciting. Yeah. What's that going to be like for you? Because you've been you've been working with these families for so many years. And as you said, there's just an insurmountable amount of unmet need with them. And now we have some things coming. Is that, mm-hmm. are you excited? Is there a certain level of trepidation? Like how does it feel <laughs> to be yeah. looking at these new therapies that are going to be coming to help these families? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yes, I am definitely excited. Um, uh, I think that with, you know, any new, new therapy that, that gets approved, you know, there's unfortunately always a little bit of a learning curve in terms of how do we utilize it, you know, and, um, unfortunately I think, you know, it seems that with new therapies, because they're so expensive, mm. there's, there's a mountain of, you know, bureaucratic paperwork and other things that you kind of need to wade through. And so, you know, those things, unfortunately don't make me very excited, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I think that, you know, from the standpoint of patients, you know, there's definitely a lot of a lot of hope right now. And I and I think it is important, though, that we are going to be able to manage expectations, though, because, you know, these some of these newer therapies are really going to be um, focal, you know, and aimed at really just treating wounds. Um, mm-hmm. They are not going to address, you know, all of the manifestations of EB, but I think that they're a great, a great starting point. You know, we really kind of need to make incremental improvements in the lives of these patients. And there is still going to be plenty of room for broadening, you know, kind of the scope of, of these therapies uh, and, and looking at, at additional pro- approaches. I think that, you know, we are going to have kind of a complementarily complementary, excuse me, um, you know, way to kind of look at these different therapies for, for our patients. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Pedra fitting into that equation? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question. I think Pedra can fit into that equation in, in many ways, you know, first and foremost, we have great partnerships, you know, with our patient advocacy groups. And so, um, better understanding, you know, kind of, um, how these treatments are being used by patients, you know, what impact they have on their lives, what obstacles maybe there are, you know, for, for patients utilizing these treatments, you know, can certainly be a way that PEDRA can partner with, with these advocacy organizations to learn more about that. Um, You know, in addition, we have such, you know, a wealth of great clinicians and investigators. I think that, you know, looking at um, the outcomes that these patients are experiencing over time, you know, is, is really going to be a very ripe area um, but also just, you know, in terms of improving um, education and dissemination about these advances to the broader public is going to be really important as well. I couldn't agree more. That's it is exciting to think about how PEDRA can play such a, an important role in this process as we get mm-hmm. these new right. treatments available. Really, I mean, for EB, but for so many other skin diseases that exactly switching gears a little bit. 
Um, you have just been officially inaugurated as our president mm -hmm. at the past, this last Pedro meeting um, in DC. So welcome President Bruckner. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> we've spent a lot of time talking, especially you and I in, in various interviews in our 10 year celebration, our 10th anniversary celebration, we spent a lot of time talking about the future, but um, now that you're in the role, so to speak, what are your goals for PEDRA while you're in your presidency? Yeah, I have to admit it, it does sort of seem a little bit surreal, you know, to be, <laughs> to be in this role. Um, you know, I think that PEDRA has, I mean, come such a long way, you know, and its success has really just been in a lot of ways, I mean, I think really just kind of mind blowing, you know, so I think that first of all, I, is one, of, one of my goals, I don't want to screw anything up. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, but no, my point really is that I think that, you know, PEDRA has put quite a lot of work into, you know, developing its, its pillar goals. And I want to make sure that we certainly, you know, stay on mission, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to advance our work um, and stay focused on that. Um, you know, but I, I do think that for me, a priority is really going to be maybe kind of de developing um, or or further developing, I should say, you know, this idea of maybe, you know, pay, paying it forward, especially in terms of our trainees and our younger, younger people. Um, I certainly want to make sure that we have a robust pipeline, you know, of, of individuals who are coming into the field of pediatric dermatology and who are also interested in, you know, in, in research and developing the, the skills that they need to help advance our field. Um, and also for, you know, our, our junior junior faculty, um, the early investigators and those people who are in the mid, mid, midway through their career. So um, to really make sure that they have, you know, the skills um, and the right experiences with PEDRA to be able to continue to be involved in develop people who can, you know, step in to take over, you know, as, as leaders uh, within the organization and, and help the field of pediatric dermatology. I completely agree. I think that's super exciting. There's sure. so much energy in our young people right now, especially mm -hmm. our really early, early trainees, even our medical students have just been flooding in and with great vigor wanting to participate on studies and, and help where they mm -hmm. can. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that evolves over the next few years as well. One thing I do want to mm -hmm. go back to, because sure. you sort of, mm -hmm. we chuckled about it for a minute to see like just how far Pedra has come in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. If you were to look back over the last 10 years, what has surprised you the most about Pedra? In some ways, I mean, you know, maybe this shouldn't be a surprise and we, we kind of alluded to it, but I, I think that just the magnitude of the success of PEDRA, I mean, to me, it is it's very impressive. You know, I mean, um, I was, you know, involved in the original group of individuals, you know, who met to kind of brainstorm and think about how we could create, you know, um, a way to advance research in, in pediatric dermatology. And that was a group of maybe 20, 25 people. I mean, it was very small. And, um, you know, I, I think it's very possible. Sometimes, you know, people come together and they have great ideas, but there just isn't the momentum or the energy to really kind of carry them forward. And um, I think Petra has been a great success story in terms of just, uh, you you see it in the, in the numbers, you know, we're growing every every year. You know, I think that, you know, in terms of members, you know, the work that we're getting done and just the reach that we have. And just to really kind of see that exponential increase, I think has 
it's just really, really exciting. Um, Cause that doesn't happen very often. I, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And I do think it is a little bit surprising, you know, it's, it's, it's often right that we can come together as large groups of people and be excited about something, but it's harder to execute sure. that yes. plan. Right. Mm-hmm. And then to sustain it and then to sustain it and grow it. So it's right. been really mm-hmm. exciting. So also touching on, you talked about, you know, making sure that our trainees and early and mid career folks are supported and, you know, we, that that pipeline seems to be flowing into PEDRA so seamlessly, but what about traditional scientists or general dermatologists? Mm-hmm. How are their skills relevant to the work that we're doing? And what are some ways that we might be able to inspire them to become a part of this work we're doing? You know, I, I yeah. think that we can do that in, in several ways, but a couple that come to mind, you know, are that, uh, you know, there's, there's obviously so much that's common across all skin disease, not necessarily, you know, pediatric versus adults, you know, um, many of the conditions that are common in dermatology start in, in children. Um, so, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of, of common, common ground there. And, um, I think that, you know, PEDRA, um, can help to provide both context and relevance, you know, for kind of understanding the impact of, of skin disease, you know, as, as an example, um, you know, a, a scientist could be working on um, a condition such as EB, you know, but in many ways, I think that um, they can kind of be divorced, you know, from understanding, you know, the relevance of what they are studying in terms of how that could be translated into something that can be helpful to patients. And so, um, you know, that the collaboration between the scientists, the scientific, you know, and the kind of clinical translational side of things really does, I think, help to make the research that people are doing um, when they are, you know, in a lab, I think more meaningful, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. By kind of highlighting the kind of the relevance that, that, Mm -hmm. that's there. Um, I I think another way that, you know, Petra can be useful to a broader community is really just through the, the skill building and education that we provide, because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, many of the things, especially that are coming out of the early investigator, you know, uh, forums and whatnot, skills that are kind of aimed at, you know, your, your resilience, your presentation, your communication. I mean, these are things that really are not necessarily specific to pediatric dermatology, but I think they can, they can be so useful to people across the spectrum, you know, of, of their disciplines and their careers. And so, um, you know, we're, we're doing, I think, a great service by helping our membership, but I mean, you know, as I said that, you know, these, these skills are not necessarily specific to pediatric dermatology and they really do have a broader place within the fields of dermatology and just kind of scientific, you know, communication and, um, in general. Mm-hmm. I really like how you put it, you know, that sort of like in my mind, I'm sort of imagining Pedra as this bridge from the lab to the clinic and all that research that happens in between and how the clinical research that our folks are doing and how the lab research can really come and meet in the middle. There does need to be a bridge, you know, between the bedside to the bench, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not a, it's not a one-way bridge. Let's put it that right. way, because, you know, obviously Absolutely. we can take observations or, you know, that we make about patients and collaborate with, 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 you know, more basic science investigators into understanding things, you know, and then again, that can also kind of go the other way in terms of taking those advances and translating them into therapies, you know, or again, kind of how do we kind of make the the work that's being done, you know, kind of relevant um, to mm-hmm. the patients that we're taking care of. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we come to an end, is there anything that you would like to share about yourself, like a hidden talent or (laughs) some sort of, you could share your, like your hobbies. What do you like to do when you're not doing research or working in the clinic? Uh Tell us something about you. (laughs) All right. That was a surprise question. That is a surprise. (laughs) I put you on the spot. Yeah, no. Um, Well, you know, I I think that one thing that I have certainly learned over the years, you know, is that it is important to have outside interests and other ways, you know, to sort of replenish your well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you don't, it's going to, you know, be very challenging to kind of sustain the energy that you bring to to the work. Um, um, You know, I for me, you know, my 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 family is, is really important. I'm married. I have two kids. Um, you know, it's, it's really important for me to spend time with them, but I also like to, to stay active. Um, I do Pilates, um, a couple times per week. And, um, I recently bought a, uh, well, I've, I've been really into, to cycling for a while, but I recently traded in my road bike for a gravel bike, which I'm actually quite excited about. So, um, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to getting in some bike rides and, uh, Well, thank you so much for joining me on getting to know you, Dr. Bruckner. This has been a delight. I know all of us at PJ are so looking forward to your presidency and all of the skills that you bring to this organization that you helped found. We are just immensely grateful for all of your work and your continued work. So thank you so much, Dr. Bruckner. Well, thank you, Jen. It's really been a pleasure talking with you. And I look forward to the next two years and more with PJ. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Bruckner, and her incredible work with EB and all of her other research. We so appreciate what she's doing for not only our network, but the field of pediatric dermatology research as a whole. If you want to catch more of our Getting to Know You series, be sure to listen to us on our podcast channel, Getting to Know You. You can also check out more videos on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to follow us on our social media, which we're at Pedra Research on Twitter and Instagram and the Pediatric Dermatology Research Alliance on uh, LinkedIn. Thanks so much for watching. Tune in next time.